I have a big whopping thought for you in this podcast. Here it is. Are you ready? The thought is why you can trust God when he withholds your desire. Think back to something that maybe maybe you don't have to think back. Maybe it's something that you want now. But think back to something that you have prayed about. You ask God about perhaps through tears. You want to trust God and you also have this tension in your life that you want something from him. So you ask him for it and and there was silence. The request was not answered or at least not answered the way that you wanted him to answer it and the thing that you desired you did not receive. Everyone has asked God for things. I think that would be accurate to say whether you are a believer or unbeliever. It hardly matters. We all, we all have an understanding and application of God in our lives, a higher power, supreme being, whatever it may be. But for those of us who are believers, we know, as, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 8, there is, there's only one God, and he is Jehovah. But whoever we think God to be, we all probably have asked God for things, and, and nobody has gotten all that they have asked the Lord to provide. For the unbeliever, the denial of the request it typically generates disappointment and Often, depending on the intensity and the severity of the request, it can create cynicism or scoffing and then sometimes anger or even retaliation. Well, unbelievers aren't going to get what they ask because God is opposed to them and his wrath is upon them currently. Present tense, John 3.36 talks about that. But for the child of God, Temporal disappointment or frustration may come, and I think if we were honest, we will experience that. We have experienced that. We asked the Lord for for something, and he did not give us what we wanted, and so there was temporal. I hope it was temporal, not longstanding, though I am aware that some people never get over it. They never work through this process, and it's why I'm doing this podcast now. Their their disappointment in the Lord not providing them what they asked for, it was temporal in the beginning, but now it's longstanding, and it's a pattern in their life, and you may even be able to characterize them as disappointment. I've talked about this in other places. I called it disappointment with God. All of us have experienced disappointment with God. That's not putting the accent mark of the problem on the Lord. No, the accent mark of the problem is is on us. And again, that's why I want to talk about it in this podcast. And so for the child of God, there may be temporal disappointment or frustration, but the believer quickly recalibrates his heart because Christians know that no matter the response from the Lord, we know that he is good and he is working good for us. Now, as I said, this is a big, whopping theological thought that I want to address in this podcast, and I I do trust that it will benefit you and it will be an encouragement to you. If you want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do that. It is an art, it is in an article format on our website. So all you have to do is go to rickthomas.net and look for this title, 
why you can trust God when he withholds your desire. And if you want to talk to our team about this, or maybe if there's something else that you want to talk about, we have free community forums. It's open to anyone with access to the internet. All you have to do is get your username and password, just like virtually every other website like Facebook. And so you get your unique username, your unique password, and then you can sign in. And and now you have a a, a permanent access, free access uh, to our ministry to where you can ask questions. Many people benefit from this means of grace that the Lord has provided through us to you, and I want you to benefit as well. We get questions all the time. In fact, in a year's time, we get thousands of questions that come to mostly to me, and many times those questions come through other mediums, again, like Facebook, but that's not an option for me. Uh, Because of God's kindness to our ministry and the growth of our ministry, it's not reasonable or practical or possible for me to respond to every person that asks me a question. But as I like to say, we will not turn anyone away. We want to answer every question. And by the grace of God, we're going to continue to do that but we have one place, there's only one place in the world where I can interact with you. And and I would love for you to receive my care through our team. And you can do that if you get on our website and get this free means of grace that the Lord is providing to his body. And you can ask a question. Again, it can be about this idea that I'm communicating in this podcast, why you can trust God when he withholds your desire from you. Sometimes God chooses on purpose, and it is on purpose. God doesn't make accidents. He doesn't do anything haphazardly. Nothing ever occurs to God because he knows everything. And so when God chooses, he chooses on purpose not to give you all that you desire. Now, this is not a radical thought, or it shouldn't be a radical thought, because guess what? Parents parent this way, too. Parents know it's unwise to give their children everything that they want. Expecting someone to always come through when you expect it, actually, that's an airmark of the devil not our loving Lord. As he came to Adam and Eve in the the early hours of the Garden of Eden, he was promising a whole lot. You can have anything you want. In fact, you can be like God if you want to. And then he came to Jesus in Matthew's gospel, and he's just promising the world to Jesus as well, always expecting someone to always come through when you expect it. Again, that's an airmark of the devil, not our loving Lord. There have been many times with our children when I purposely withheld information from them, for example, because it was not the right time to bring them up to speed on what I was thinking or what Lucia and I were thinking and and what we were planning. I mean, the obvious illustration of this is the sex talk. An excellent example. You would not do that too early. 
If your four-year-old wants a direct answer from you about, where do kids come from, Daddy? Well, you will not give them a clear, thorough, comprehensive, direct answer. You will not give them what they want. It would be unwise, meaning it would be foolish. So what do you do? Well, you divert the conversation. You give a a seriously watered-down response to them because, again, you know that that is not wise. And another simple illustration is the food that they eat. I mean, every kid, virtually every kid wants to eat ice cream 24-7. That's hyperbolic, but kids typically don't want food that's good for them. I remember it's one of the worst things that I would hear as a child. You not only have to clean your plate, but here it is. You have to eat your vegetables Well, that's a parent saying very good things that a kid doesn't want to hear. And then there are other times, and you probably have a list of illustrations. If you have children, you can think of many times where you withheld things. You do that also in your relationships. I've talked about this recently in a podcast about time management. When someone, I shared about the lady that came and wanted me to be Johnny on the spot with her because her her husband, their marriage was going through an adultery. We we respond. I responded to her and I I gave her what she needed, the best that I could provide counsel to her and her husband, and they're doing extremely well now. But I did not jump immediately when they requested. There are some times when people ask things, and again, on purpose. Now, if you don't do this, as far as time management is concerned, you will wear yourself so thin that you will not be able to help anyone because you will, you will just be worn out and burned out. Jesus talked about this idea of withholding information in 1612 of John. Even the Savior said to those he was caring for, quote, here he is, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. And so it is not an anomaly for the Lord to withhold information from you. In the Old Testament, we see God withholding his full blessing from his children in the historical account of the Israelites retaking their land. I want you to hear, as I share this text from you from the book of Exodus, I want you to hear how God talked about how they would get their country back, which was a promise for them to receive at some point in the future, but he was not going to give it to them now. Now, this is Exodus 23. 29 and 30, here it is. I will not drive them out, the pagans from the land. I will not drive them out from before you in one year. I'm not going to do it in a year. Lest the land become desolate and the wild beast multiply against you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possess the land. Little by little, God was going to give them what they wanted, what he promised, but he was not going to give it to them. Not in this year, not coming, not happening, no way. The Hebrew nation was not large enough to occupy the entire land. The Lord has not entirely driven or had not entirely driven out the enemy. 
but there would come a day when his chosen children would be able to drive them out. In an ironic twist here, and I'll have to give some more thought to this, but in an ironic twist, God was using the enemy to caretake the land until his people were able to manage it. Just chew on that a little bit, that God was using the enemy of his chosen people to take care of what he was going to give his chosen people. In time, he incrementally drove out the enemy in proportion to Israel's numeric growth and ability to take care of it. If God had not given them, if if God had given them all they wanted when they wanted it, it would have been a disaster. They could not handle it. Go back to my illustration with the sex talk earlier. If you give your child the sex talk, you don't withhold what they are asking, but you give them what they are asking, it could really mess them up. And and so God chose not to give them, and it was not a disaster. You see, they would not have been able to steward all of God's blessing due to their numerical weakness. Now, here's a few questions that I want you to reflect upon. Again, the title of the article is, Why You Can Trust God When He Withholds your desire. Here's some things I want you to think about. Have you ever experienced this kind of merciful wisdom from the Lord? I know that you have. You wanted something, but the Lord withheld the blessing, and you realized in the future that back then it was not the right time. Would you take some time and And here's two things that I would love for you to do. Like right now, you can do it right now. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but you can pray right now. And and just thank the Lord that I realized back then when I was asking for this, and it, it it was meaningful back then, and I genuinely wanted it, but now I can see your wisdom by withholding it. And so Thank you, Lord, that that I can be God-centered, not me-centered, to where I'm not driving, you are, and, and you're taking care of my life, and I can trust you. And then second thing, it would be great if you could have this conversation with another person, whether in your family or in your local church, about this experience that you had as you experienced the merciful wisdom from the Lord because he did not give you what you wanted. Number two, have you ever appealed to the Father to give you something? that you were not mature enough to handle. Now this is now now you're thinking now what I'm getting at here is the Israelites were not big enough. They had a numerical weakness to be able to handle the blessing. And so now I am talking about a maturity problem that you're not mature enough. It's a weakness, a maturity weakness. Have you ever appealed to the Father to give you something that you were not mature enough? To handle. Will you make this a talking point with a friend as you both praise the Lord for his withholding kindness? That's a label. That's a term. I would like for you to use it. It's called withholding kindness. Not withholding kindness as in he's not giving you kindness, 
but it's withholding kindness. It's a type of kindness. It's the kindness that you receive when the Lord withholds something. That's his kindness by withholding. And then number three, describe God's mercy to you by not coming through on a few of your requests and why you are glad now. Now, if you're not glad now because you have not received what you have been asking, well, there's an article here, actually. I have an article here. What does it, what does working, working all things out for good, what does that really mean? And I would encourage you to read that article because you are struggling, and I totally understand the struggle. I have been there. There are things that I have asked for that I didn't receive when I asked, and I did receive later. And then there are other things that I've asked for, and I never received, and I never will receive. I prayed many times for my wife to come back after she left in 1988. That never happened. That never will happen. And I can't even begin to describe to you the intensity of that prayer request. In fact, I would say that is the most intense season of praying that I ever had in my life as it applies to asking God for something. If you could take some a device of some sort and 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 connect it to my brain to to measure the intensity of my prayers, you would see that those were the most intense prayers, the most emotional prayers, the most heart-rending prayers that I have ever asked about anything in my entire life, and it never will happen. The question is, describe God's mercy to you by not coming through on a few of your requests and why you are glad now. Number four, if there is something you desire now, but the Lord is not making it happen, how does the wisdom of past denials help you trust more effectively now? And so now you're looking back at past grace when God did not answer you, and you are learning from that, and you're growing in your faith because of that as you're thinking about something that you want now but, not is, but, but is not happening. There have been times of personal suffering where I pleaded with the Lord to remove the hardship from me. Again, the most intense time was asking the Lord to restore my marriage. In other podcasts, I would share how I would use manipulative praying to convince the Lord that I was okay and ready for the next blessing that he had for me. And what I mean by manipulative praying is that in my thinking, as I, I figured, you know, the Lord is teaching me a lesson. And then once I learned the lesson, then he will give me what I want. And so I pretended that I had learned the lesson. I, I pretended that I was okay. Okay, lesson learned. I am doing better. I am not struggling at all. Now will you give me what I want? That's called manipulative praying. By the way, children do this as well. They put up a fake front, a pretending front to the parent, and the parent will see that and assume that things are as what they are seeing, and then the kid gets what he wants. Well, you can't do that with the Lord. You can do all the manipulative praying you want to do, but God sees in the dark the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
and he knows what is going on. And so I, I went through my season of manipulative praying, trying to fake out the Lord so he would give me what I wanted. I felt as though I was okay. I was ready to move forward. I wanted to believe it, it was time to inherit the blessing that God was withholding from, for me, from me. But it didn't matter how much I asked. God would not relent, not until it was his timing, not mine. And in some of these situations, as I have already mentioned, he did not give me what I wanted at all. But I do look back on it now, and I see the formation I, of, of God in my life, and I see how he uses sin sinlessly uh, to work in, in my life God knew it would not be in my interest to give me all that he had in store for me. And he was right. I was wrong. I could not see it then, but I see it quite clearly now through my human finite fallen eyes. But it's it's much clearer now than it's ever been in the past. It is not unusual for our children, Rick and Lucia's children, to experience present discontentment as they eagerly anticipate the next good thing from their father or their mother. This attitude is it's the way children are. And by the way, it's the way I am too. Every parent has to discern and decide if it is wise and right to give the children what they want when they want it, and how they want it. There are times when the choice is not difficult. Sometimes the things they're asking for are not necessarily bad. If the thing that they want is good, it's not about what it is, the goodness of it, but the timing of it. Is this the right time to give a child what they desire? My prayer to God and my appeal to them, our children, is that they will trust me. They will trust their daddy and the decision-making process. I want them to trust my judgment while resting in the assurance that I have their best interest in heart. Think about that in this context of Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, Jesus is talking, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you believe this verse, practically speaking, for your life? Do you believe it? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? I'm not asking an informational type question, but a transformational one. How does this verse guard your heart and encourage your spirit in measurable, objective ways? If parents can give good gifts to their children, how much more? The Heavenly Father, in this context, he's talking about giving the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. But we also know that he will not give a, a rock, he will not give a snake, that God will give good gifts How does this affect you, practically speaking? A transformational question I'm asking, because many people will take the Theology 101 exam, and they will say that, oh, God just loves us immeasurably, 
and that is excellent information, and you did pass the test. But how is it transforming your mind? What would it take for you to trust God's decision-making in your life? Can you believe that the sovereign God has your best interest at heart? Do you know that God has not forsaken you in your trial? My children have a responsibility to bring glory to God, even if they are not getting what they want. Now, part of this means them living in faith regarding their present circumstances while trusting God for their future provisions. My regular appeal to our children is for them to be responsible today with what they have and trust that grace will be there to meet the real needs at the right time. The Hebrew nation had a responsibility to abide in faith regarding God's present provisions which included not getting what they wanted, while trusting him for the future expansion of their borders. It could be that you are not seeing the fulfillment of some of your dreams at this time. For most of the people, I would imagine that that is true, that maybe for all of us, you're just not getting what you want right now the way that you want it. But here's the question. Will you live responsibly today while trusting that God is working on your behalf, though you may not like the little-by-little progress that God is making in your life? Will you humble yourself to the Master, knowing that He is and will always take care of you? Your responsibility is not to whine about today or fret about tomorrow, but to seek to make God's name great in your life regardless of your circumstances. Now, I realize this can be daunting for some of you. I I understand that. Depending on your trial or the personal suffering that you're going through right now, and if that is the case, then I, I want you to spend some time working through the call to action at the bottom of this article. Again, the article is titled, Why You Can Trust God When He Withholds Your Desire. Here's the call to action. It's really straightforward. Throughout this entire podcast, I have given you several questions to think about. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to answer those questions that I've already asked you. And you can go to the article. You can print them off. You can replay the podcast. Uh, You can print the article off, and then you can highlight the questions and make notes on them. But will you take the time to answer them thoroughly, point number one? And then number two, will you share your thoughts with a friend? And then after you do that, will you, both of you, work together. Let the person help you. You collaborate. Write out a specific and practical plan that you refer to Often, not just now, but often, especially when the Lord does not answer your prayers the way that you had hoped. And then the second thing, and so that means going through these questions, and there's one, two, there's four more, there's six. There's six that are enumerated, and then there are a couple that I didn't have enumerated, so you have at least eight to ten questions in this article here. And so work through them. And the second thing, The second thing, I want you to spend time meditating on this passage about the Lord's excellent care for you. These are Jesus' words. I will read them just as they are. 
is Matthew 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, 24 through 34. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Why You Can Trust God When He Withholds His Desire. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.